You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, December 17th. My name, as always, is your boy of the hour, Javier Reyes, I'm the host of this year, Lockdown Padres Podcast, guys. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them. And, you know, just interact with you guys on Twitter. I love doing that. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, I'll be sure to maybe even answer your questions here on the show. I did a mailbag not too long ago. Might try and get one last mailbag in before the end of 2020. I think that I think that that's what I'm going to aim for, because I haven't actually planned out shows post, like, Christmas holiday, you know what I mean? I haven't actually planned out though, so I think I might actually get one more mailbag in there just just before the end of the year. But anyway, guys, um, that's not what today's episode is about. Today's episode is a conversation with a football host, crazy, right? Uh, Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers, as promised, as prophesized earlier in the week and uh, over the weekend, I mentioned. Uh, I just thought that this would be fun. I think it'd be fun, and there's actually a lot of kind of notes we make in here. Um, comparing the Padres and the the Chargers at this point because obviously the Chargers aren't in San Diego anymore but there are some little compare and contrast things maybe I make a couple stretches of you know I stretch it a little bit trying to make those comparisons but still I think it's a really fun conversation so uh, this is part one of our chat the next part will probably go up on I think actually Saturday I think tomorrow I'm going to plan to have my uh, the next part of my chat with Gabrielle go out but uh, still uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. So without further ado, guys, here we go. All right, my fellow Jelly Jolliker, fellow listeners of the pod, I hope everyone's doing good. As promised, I'm talking now with a person who is a host of not a baseball podcast, not a person who's a baseball person particularly. I mean, he likes baseball. Sure. I mean, I mean who doesn't like baseball? But he's uh, he's the host of uh, another Locked On show, but not in the baseball world, in the, in the NFL world, to be exact. It is Mr. Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers. Sir, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Definitely uh, breaking through some barriers here, going uh, football and baseball <laughs> crossover. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a, uh, you know... This is kind of symbolic of a couple things maybe people might get from this that they're like Javier's running out of ideas. But I, to that, I say no. I am just coming up with different ideas now because, you know, nothing's really happening to news and stuff. And it's funny because we're recording this on a Wednesday and in very Chargers like fashion, uh, Daniel and I were supposed to record uh, actually earlier in the day. Uh, and there was some clock mismanagement issues, I think, that oh, you yeah. could say happened. So <laughs> we actually recorded this a little bit later on. Thankfully, no kind of crazy news drop. Like, imagine if, like, just Trevor Bauer got signed or something like that. But, uh, right. yeah, oh. I just figured I wanted to have Dan on because, you know, they used to be the San Diego Chargers. So this is technically a a, a sister show, I guess. I guess we have that crossover there for sure. Um, and it's funny because I, one of the things I said when reaching out was, like, this might be the only year that I could remember where definitively it's like, no, it's actually better to be the Padres are in a much better state than the Chargers. Don't get me wrong, the Chargers have had a, you know, I've been following them more than the Padres uh, the course of my life, unfortunately, in a lot of, <laughs> in a lot of ways. But they've never had this, like, 
hopelessness. You know, the Chargers have always been kind of interesting at, at the minimum, right? Um, even yeah. this year, what they're three. How many wins do we have? Three? Not just number four. Big number four. Big number four. Big number four. Maybe number five tomorrow. Uh, or today, depending on when you're listening to this pod. Right. Uh, so I guess first of all, man, let me just let me just go out and start. How has it been like uh, covering the Chargers this season? Well, let me just start by, you know, kind of wondering why we're not starting with Brian O'Grady talk. You know, the, <laughs> the hot stove keeps moving. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's painful. I've been covering the Chargers for five seasons. And I mean, there was the one twelve and four season during this stretch. But I think the one thing this season that's kind of been the bright light at the end of the tunnel is obviously Justin Herbert. Just having something new to be excited about. Obviously, Philip Rivers was here for so long before that Drew Brees, you know, so it's been, you know, 20 years since the Chargers kind of had something new and exciting at that position. And I think Phillip Rivers was great. I mean, he's so lovable in so many ways. One of those guys where it's like, you love him if he's on your team and if not, he's driving you crazy with his curseless trash talk. But I mean, it's, you know, been kind of hard to talk about because I mean, that's the one thing, you know, people don't really talk about when they're listening to these locked on shows and all these things. It's like, it's bad to watch the game as a fan once and like have your heart broken and all that stuff. It really sucks to like watch a 45 to zero game against the Patriots and then have to <laughs> rewatch yeah. it and then re talk about it. And then, you know, spend two more days talking about all the terrible things that happen. but we do have our knight in shining armor, Justin Herbert. So there is that to be excited about. Yeah. And, you know, from the Padres side of things, I guess basically for us, that would be Tatis and, you know, oh, yeah. the, the previous year, you know, maybe did I'll, I'll inspire some hope, perhaps. And for all the Chargers fans that might be listening, you know, last year, the Padres weren't very good. They were had the eighth worst record of the majors. But everyone was talking about they're like, well, they, they did have Tatis. You know what I mean? So there was excitement there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the oh, Chargers yeah. have been good this much this very year. If you follow this course, follow my little blueprint here, sure. then technically it means that next year, Justin Herbert will be even better and the Chargers will actually be a lot better and other players will step up. Maybe Derwin James comes back, you know, so there isn't it's I feel like at least, you know, while we are complaining and we have this whole crisis going on with the Chargers and just some of the most disastrous football that I've seen played by a team that has talent, at least in years, right. um, that at least there's, there's at least some hope because you might have the quarterback of the future. You know what I mean? I don't want to like assume that Justin Herbert's like a god, but uh, you know, for for fun's sake, yes, he is a god. Everybody, uh, you can put that down. Uh, he is a young god, but you know, what is it? Kind of, it, it's funny because the other thing is obviously I mentioned you know Padres were kind of sister shows and all that stuff with the Chargers, but they are in L.A. And I think you were messaging me saying like you started covering them right when they moved to L.A. What is kind of right. your your thoughts on, I guess, that whole thing. Like, what was it like seeing the Chargers move from San Diego to L.A.? I mean, the Padres, you know, growing up as a kid, the Padres, Chargers, both my teams, um, both San Diego. I'm a San Diego-born guy. So, I mean, I've lived here my entire life. And it was obviously super bad. You know what I mean? It was just a long, drawn-out process that neither the city or the team could get on the same page. And basically, I was doing a Chargers show before they moved. But I wasn't doing the Locked On show at that point. So when it happened, I remember that show after they had left, after they had gotten a letter instead of, you know, something maybe a little bit more elegant. It was basically just like, here's a little, you know, statement from Dean Spanos. The charges are gone. You know, it seemed like it happened kind of that quick. And I mean, the pain I saw in the city was definitely something Mm -hmm. that whether you thought they had a lot of fans or not, like it was palpable 
like you felt it in the city. I mean, you couldn't look anywhere throughout the city where there wasn't something going on or somebody, you know, getting upset or burning a jersey or whatever the case was. But I mean, I always kind of remain steadfast in my, you know, thing to the fans. And basically that was, you know, nobody goes to the Chargers games wearing a Dean Spanos jersey, right? I mean, you turn on the TV mm-hmm. and you feel what you feel. You can either, you know, feel good or feel bad. And for Chargers fans, a lot of the time, all you feel is pain. And, you know, maybe there's some masochism there as far as Chargers fans continuing to come back after heartbreak after heartbreak. But, you know, you go and you root for the players that you have those kind of feelings for, you know. So I think that I've always understood the fans that didn't want to follow the Chargers up to Los Angeles. And it was definitely something that I battled with. But there is something a little bit more special now with the Padres. Like if the Chargers win a championship, they're not bringing a championship home to San Diego. You know what I mean? So (laughs) it's always going to mean something a little bit differently to me. Now, if the Padres win a championship, they'll be breaking the worst sports streak for any city in North America. I mean, I remember doing like a school project on it, like between all of the consecutive seasons between the Chargers and the Padres and major professional sports, they have the most seasons without an actual championship. So, I mean, for the Padres, having them be interesting for me feels better as a fan. And having something with Fernando Tatis Jr., there's just something so special about it because when's the last time you had something that the rest of the league wanted? I mean, Adrian Gonzalez Mm -hmm. is good. Jake Peavy was good back in the day, and he definitely had the kind of personality where you wanted to go see him play in person and all those things. But you have like, you know, the maybe the most exciting young player in baseball. There's the Ronald Acuna's out there, and there's plenty of other really, really good young players. But with the personality, with the swag, with the way that he just affects the game at every level, the, even the base running, like you tune in just to watch that guy run the bases, right? And baseball is that like kind of a crossroads with the strikeout home run fever that we've been seeing so much with the shifts and everything taking away a lot of the small ball that we've seen. So to have somebody that can create that kind of electricity in a town that really needed it, I mean, it's been really special. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I imagine you're not remiss. You're not uh, afraid of complaining about ownership. And I know everyone's that's complaining about ownership is like one of the most, I don't know, done to death things that happens among us media folks sometimes. But but I'm going to do it anyway, um, (laughs) because it's very like (laughs) if there was ever a time that I thought about leaving the Chargers, aside from wishing that my sister when I was younger, just because she's a big Packers fan, I was like, I didn't even follow football. Why didn't you like warp me into going down that path? I would have had such right. a better life. I would not have like busted a hole in one of my doors at one point out of anger. Um, just <laughs> like the life would have been a lot better. But with the, the Chargers move, too, I mean, yeah, and you get a championship nice. too. Yeah. And you only have the friggin' championship trophy named after one of your coaches. Like right. it's, it's not, it's not a bad life being a Packers fan, but my I will say, I definitely understand it. <laughs> yeah. I will say that, one of the things with the Chargers moving that I felt was so annoying was just like, you know, from what I understand, I, I imagine you could probably speak better to this, is there really isn't like Chargers fans in L.A. L.A. isn't even a football town. It's almost like what what frustrated me the most also was like the Rams just moved there. So not only is this not a really a big football town, it's also already got like one team has already got a head start and then you still left it. I know that San Diego had like, you know, it wasn't like there's a ton of people going to ball games, but at least there was a fan base. With LA, I remember one of the most uh, the most painful moments, like minor painful moments for me, was when my friend and I were watching the Eagles play the Chargers. I'm gonna say like two 
three years ago. I forgot when this was. I think two years ago. Uh, and the charges weren't good, so I think it was. I two remember that ago. game. One of the Carson Wentz breakout games. I remember. Yeah. Yep. And I remember we were watching it, and they were showing like this the bananas crowd of Philly fans. And my friend was texting me like, "What is going on? Right. <laughs> like, what happened to your team?" I was just like, "They're getting booed out of their own stadium." And I guess that's been one benefit this year is that there hasn't been enough fans for them to be booed out of their own stadium. But it's really not. Um, there's a lot of bad with the Chargers. Then I wouldn't necessarily recommend people jumping on that. <laughs> I don't even know if there is a bandwagon. You know what I mean? I don't even know if there, sure. there is a bandwagon anymore. Um, but I will say this, man. I will say this. One thing I think both of our teams have in common is nobody really hates us. Now, there are stupid people that hate Tatis because of oldness and hating how he plays the game, I guess. And, it's funny, like you mentioned and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, play the game the right way. I don't know if you saw that Adidas commercial that came out like a, like a month I or did. so ago. That yeah. Was, yeah, it was really clever. Um, you know, there's people that think that way. Those people are tired fossils at this point, right? But it's very – it's a good point also you make like, yeah, every kind of team, every fan, they want Tatis and there hasn't ever been – yeah, we've had good players. But there's a difference between good and like just star, you know, right. like a star in a way that kind of transcends just being good at the sport. You know, no offense, Mike Trout, he's like really good at the sport. Not always been – now he's – in fairness, he's a little bit of a bad example because he's been so good for so long that I think at some point that just speaks for itself. But I just think most players, they just don't have that same level. Uh, and the Chargers haven't had that's not that's not totally true. I guess they had LT, I guess, right? But you yeah, know, I feel like ago. it feels like forever. <laughs> it feels like a forever ago, but it does feel like, hey, maybe we might have this fun uh Justin Herbert thing going on and whatnot. But uh I would say though, like both of our teams. Very, I don't know any people who are like, you know, F the Padres, F the Chargers. Like, who says that? I don't think a single person has ever uttered that before. Well, and the funny thing is, is like, we talk about the fans and not showing up and all those things. And that's been one of the inspiring things to me as a Padre fan is kind of seeing since, you know, the Machado, Tatis combination. They're fighting back on some of those Dodgers series where you're not seeing Petco Park get flooded with white and blue. So it's all brown now, baby. And I love to see that for the Padres. But when you look, at social media, and obviously, you know, I'm looking through some rose-colored lenses here because I follow people that, you know, know things about the Chargers for the most part, but I follow a lot of national things as well. And both of these teams have crazy, rabid Twitter fan bases and social mm-hmm. media fan bases. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny thing, you know, and all of them are always like, oh, the Chargers have no fans. And it's like, Justin Herbert wins the Pepsi Zero Sugar Player of the Week you know seven out of the nine weeks he's been available to win it you know what i mean and all these fans (laughs) are flocking to these things online and making it happen and with both of these guys they're so opposite personality wise because if you've seen a justin herbert press conference you're not going to see any more by the book quarterback robot we're going to (laughs) practice we're going to get better and you know we just didn't execute blah 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 but yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you need to do in that sport being, you know, the new face of the franchise. I don't really blame him for not ruffling feathers. Well, of course, Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr., you know, <laughs> is having AJ Preller kind of shake his head at him and stuff for swinging at 3-0 fastball. So, I mean, they couldn't be any more different personality-wise. And I think that's the mm-hmm. other thing with Tatis is like, Mike Trout, you could walk up to in a, you know, wherever, a grocery store, and you might not know it's Mike Trout. I mean, the avid yeah. baseball fan would. I definitely would, but... To see like San Diego and like the dreads and the look and the eye black, like 
how many you know little kids were dressed up as Fernando Tatis Jr. for Halloween with the yellow dreads coming out of the back. I mean, that's iconic. Like that's truly icon status, kind of transcending the sport a little bit. So I think that's the difference. But for both of these guys, there's they're so young and it's so hard to project. And we see players fall off all the time. But like, there's legitimate MVP trajectory going on. And Justin Herbert is kind of one year back of Tatis. I mean, this year. He was in the conversation, if not for, you know, a huge skid over a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. which in a regular season is kind of just a blip on the radar. He might be the MVP of the National League, you know? Yeah. Justin Herbert, if you look at his and Josh Allen's numbers, somebody that's putting up, you know, MVP type numbers, that at least is in the conversation. They're almost identical. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like the trajectory for both of these players is something that neither of these franchises has seen. And I mean... I don't even know. It's hard to even say, you know, Tony Gwynn was obviously super exciting and all mm-hmm. those things. But as far as the phenom factor of social media and getting to see these players on a daily basis, I mean, in Tony Gwynn's prime, most people weren't seeing Tony Gwynn nationally, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. now you have all of these ways where people are seeing Fernando Tatis Jr. on the basis. They're seeing Justin Herbert make, you know, one-footed throws to Keenan Allen in the back of the end zone out, you know, over the outstretched fingertips of a cornerback. So, both of these two teams are poised to at least be exciting. And the thing is, if you're the Charger fans out there, if you're not going to be good, at least be exciting, right? And I think Justin Herbert, after, you know, kind of resigning yourself to the fact that Patrick Mahomes has signed a 10-year contract and it just felt like you were going to (laughs) be in the cellar forever. I mean, to have somebody who can come in here and you'd be like, you know what? Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Does he give us a shot? Maybe. And I think that's like one of those things where it's like before that you didn't really have any hope. Philip Rivers was never going to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. And I think the division was a foregone conclusion. Now, obviously, they are the team to beat, but you feel at least good about your chances. And now the question is, you know, how does the organization kind of surround Justin Herbert now that they know they found that diamond in the rough? I mean, if you could call a sixth overall pick that, but the Mm -hmm. least liked three of the top three quarterbacks and all those guys are going to be linked. And cut! Everybody, that about does for part one of my chat with Locked On Chargers host Daniel Wade. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I loved uh, talking to him because I just loved having someone on to talk about the Chargers uh, and Padres kind of at the same time. So definitely stay tuned for the next part. That'll be out on Saturday because, as you guys may have noticed this week, I did not put out an episode on Wednesday, so I'm making up for that. Don't worry. I'm always making up for it. Uh, And then, obviously, like I mentioned at the top of the pod, next part of my podcast with Gabrielle will be going out tomorrow when we get a little bit more out there I guess you could say in a way like a little bit more just casual talking I guess it's a really fun like kind of Friday pod at least in my opinion but also guys I wanted to just tease a couple things you know betting on the the Padres betting on the Chargers maybe you're doing that tonight uh I honestly don't recommend doing that but it doesn't have to be always a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts look man Look, I I don't I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. I'm not a big betting guy. I like making silly bets that have nothing to do with sports because I think sports is foolish and whatnot. But this show is really exciting, and I actually listened to their front ep- first episode just the other day, and it's actually kind of a really uh, really good dynamic, I think. And I'm going to be tuning into it. Hopefully, it doesn't drag me down necessarily a super rabbit hole of gambling. But uh, you know, for all you guys out there that really want a good perspective on that stuff, this podcast is really good for that. I think uh, new podcast for the network that's really exciting. Um, and in terms of 
of my podcast, you know, uh, like I said before, got some cool stuff cooking up, working on those top 20 plays of the 2020 season. I think that's what it's going to be on the podcast next week. And then I'd say in terms of just in the future of the pod, maybe going to reach out to a couple other guests, some final kind of things before the end of the year hits, uh, and definitely try and, um, do one last mailbag. I think, as I mentioned before, I think that'd be a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys, the only pod that may be better than the pod. Dre's themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast where you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, Stitcher, whatever it is, man. Whatever your app is, I guarantee you that you will find it. Feel free to leave some five-star reviews of the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you have the time to do so. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.